Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I must congratulate you. Oh, thank you. I believe. What did and I do? I am, I am serious in this belief uh-huh. that you have in your possession mm-hmm. the scariest Hanukkah display outside your home that I have ever seen. It's historically accurate. Historically frightening. <laughs> you know, How when, is it historically accurate? Well, because the Maccabees were 12 feet tall and they had no skin. Okay. And right they... <laughs> there. I'm going to stop you right there. I don't know my history. I don't know any of this, but I'm pretty sure everything you're saying is a lie right now, and I'm just going to stop you. Hank, her, how tall is he? 12 feet. 12 foot tall, Home Depot skeleton. Yep. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough (laughs) to put Hank through the indignities of becoming a pilgrim for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, no. St. Patrick's Day? I'm sorry. (laughs) Dang. You know what? It's too good. Don't cut it out. We're going to keep that. Yes, a pilgrim Thanksgiving. For... You know, St. Patrick's Day Thanksgiving. You know, you say potato, I say potato. Right. You get um, drunk at both. Yeah, they're, they're the same thing. <laughs> Any case, her, her poor, poor skeleton has lived in the indignity of one outfit only to find himself encased in a holiday Hanukkah sweater. He's Hanukkah Hank. He's Hanukkah Hank. I think he's quite creative. He's wearing... I'm not saying he's not creative. He's wearing a blue recycling bag as like a sweater. Wait, seriously? Because it's... Oh, it's... It is blue. I it's just blue. assumed... Yeah. I didn't and know then, what I assumed. And then I used white gaff oh, that's very tape clever. That's actually very to do clever. the Star of David on it, the front it of It actually looks super nice. And I thought he might. you might have actually found... A sweater for no, a twelve foot town. That. You made that by hand. Out of it's actually pretty admirable. Blue recycling bag. Now, when he was a pilgrim, he had a, a knife and fork in his hands. Are there anything in his hands now? No, because in front of him is a six foot tall, right, inflatable, which menorah. you did not make yourself. No, you didn't weave the plastic on. No, your, because on your the loom. lights like they light up and they it, do. And it's they inflatable. Do. They're very, and they're very nice. Before we get more into the This Is Only About Kate's Skeleton podcast, perhaps <laughs> we should talk about what this podcast actually is. What what are we supposed to be talking We're about? We're supposed to be talking about children's picture books right. and whether they're classics or not. And you give me a book and I tell you if it's good or bad. And then we talk about my skeleton. Okay. Um, all of that is true. However, we haven't actually said our names. Uh, I'm Betsy. And who are you? I'm Kate. Well, the, there you go. The mother of Hanukkah Hank. Um... <laughs> all true. Now, the the problem with all of this is that we sort of missed our very brief window to do a Hanukkah book. I thought about doing one today, but by the time this airs, A, it will no longer be Hanukkah. Well, it'll be on the eighth day. Okay, fine. It'll be on the eighth day. Nobody wants a Hanukkah podcast on the eighth day of Hanukkah. That's, that's no good. Also, um, I found an ideal book to do. Uh, but it is very difficult to locate because it's no longer in print, which is insane. Um, so we will do it next year <laughs> instead. Right. I have, I have, I have actually paid for a copy. So by gum, uh, if nothing else, I can guarantee this podcast will go for at least one more year, just so I can justify the purchase 
of this Hanukkah picture book. Okay. The last, I would claim, the last classic, potentially, uh, Hanukkah picture book there is. All right. Listeners, you can try to guess what that book is. I would, I would love to. She's hear not going to tell you for a year. So, yeah, because uh... it's not going to be. It's going to be for a year. This week, to make up for the lack of Hanukkah, I thought, well, let's do something Jewish, just because we didn't do our our Hanukkah, and I, I felt bad about that. And I lucked out because somebody brought up a book in the course of things, and I was going to link to our podcast about it, um, and so I searched. And to my horror, my absolute horror, discovered that we have not done this book yet. This is a gap, a glaring, huge gap in the oeuvre of Fusate and Kate. So it just took us 207 episodes. It did. And yet somehow, you know what it was? I went too late for this guy's first book. This will be the second book of his that we do. It just took me too long to get to it. But we're going to right a great wrong today Okay. by doing this book. You ready for it? Sure. Here we go. Joseph had a little overcoat by Sims Tabak. That's right. The man who made the very first Happy Meal for McDonald's. Uh, we, you, okay, looking Wait, at this Wait, I'm sorry. Style, he made the first. Yeah. Happy, if you. He if, made the burger and the no, fries no, 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 no. The, and he made the no, little. No, 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 no. I didn't say he made the food. I said he made the Happy Meal. The yeah. container that the food goes into. Ah, uh, you didn't say he that. He designed that. That's what a Happy Meal is, Kate. No, it's... When a kid asks for a Happy Meal, they're not just asking for the burger and fries. They're that's not ridiculous. asking for the meal of the Happy Meal? No, because that's not happy. <laughs> oh, they want the toy. They're they just want... a toy. Exactly. Right. I don't know if he designed the toy. But um, we've done one other book by this guy. Does this style look familiar to you in any way, shape, or form? No. Okay. Remember the old lady who swallowed a fly? Sort of. There you go. <laughs> This is, I would say, his better-known book. If you'll notice, it has a... Ooh, is that gold? That's a gold Caldecott medal. Shiny and all on that cover. Look at how it gleams. Yep. With its goldy goldenness. Uh-huh. Woo! I make it a little dance show here. It's like little the dance goose show. on the cover laid a golden egg that landed on his chest. Uh, yeah, it's a... It's one of those indications you get that um, they had no idea this book was going to win any awards, and so they left no room for it whatsoever on the cover. I love books like that. Take that book and read it. While Kate does her read, I'm going to give you a little background information on this book. So, the very first thing you need to know, it was published in 1999, but it was the winner of the 2000 Caldecott Medal. That's right. The big two zero zero zero, and what I find actually so fascinating is not so much that it won, but that it was even eligible to win because this book is actually a re-illustrated version of a book of the same name by Sims Tabak that was published in 1977. Now, normally the Caldecott goes to books that are not reprints of older materials or that had been originally published overseas. In this particular case, I guess they thought the latter illustrations were different enough, maybe the text was different enough, that it was not just a remake of his earlier book. I don't know what justifications they used. They easily could have cut it out of the running right at the beginning due to the fact it's a reprint, but eh, they made their choices and, and yeah, there you go. Couple interesting things about the book itself. Uh, it was turned into an 11 minute animated film by Weston Woods, as you would expect. Who who narrates that film? Who could that be? Could it be 
Meathead himself, Rob Reiner. Yes, yes it was, which is fantastic. There are many theories, by the way, that the Joseph in this book resembles Sims Tabak himself. Yeah, so there you go. That, that's kind of nice. And finally, there was an animated version of the book. Uh, it was read on a children's show. What was that show? Was it Reading Rainbow? No, a little late. A little late in the game for Reading Rainbow. If you said it was Between the Lions, oh, you are younger than me. I had a little overcoat, much too old to sew. La 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 okay. Whatever could I do with it I uh, just didn't know That's it La 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 That's it's beautiful Catchy! That catchy! Was, that was beautiful Oppa! No, that's great no, That's great That's great <laughs> Has nothing to do with what I was just singing That's no. right Okay Joseph! Yeah Head and overcoat It's a, It's in the title and everything It's not amazing or technicolor but it's It's, it's <laughs> Joseph and his amazingly not Technicolor little overcoat. Exactly. Yes, I like it. I like it. We could make a musical out of that. Yeah. I like it. It was brown and brown and brown and brown. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the title page of this book because it says on the title page, he wore the coat for a long time and then something happened to it. Parentheses. And there's a moral too. <laughs> And I was, what else do we want? And I was like, well, if they say there's a moral, I'm gonna <laughs> like it. I, exactly. There's a moral to the story. I there like, is a moral to the story. I'd there agree. is. Yeah, and it is. It is quite clever. Yes, I would agree. But I don't want to jump ahead. All right, all right. Back it up. Back so, it up. Back it up. This book has a combination of drawings and like collage photography. It's like if Monty Python was Jewish. What? what? Sure. I'm I, going with that. No, it's no. It's just interesting because the illustrator like cut out photos of, like when we first meet Joseph. There's uh, pictures of flowers all over the place, but mm -hmm. there's both like photograph cut out photographs of flowers made into a collage, but also drawings of flowers. It's Which very I appreciate. Yeah, it's different. You don't see that very often. Yeah, people either choose a lane. They're like, I'm all photo. Or I'm all illustration. And I like the combination, and maybe that's why he got the gold, because it was something different. I think that may indeed be why he got the gold. Yeah, and I think this, this song had been around for quite some time. Well, but... speaking of the song, yeah. I definitely was reading it in um, the tune of I Have a Little Dreidel. And oh, it, it do kinda, that. It kind of worked for a little all bit. All right, here we go. Joseph had a little overcoat. It was old and worn, <laughs> so he made a jacket out of it and went to the fair. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't completely rhyme, but it's fun. Yeah, I it's, like it. Also, fun. I should say in the actual text, the la la las, which in the back of the book, in the sheet music, exist, do not exist uh, in the text itself. Right. La, 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 la. So when we get to the page where he's um, wearing his now natty jacket, now jacket, I'm gonna call it not, a natty jacket, not the overcoat, but now he's made it into mm -hmm. a jacket, and now he's in the fair. This is the page that caught me my my attention the most because Good. I looked at it and I was like, oh, it looks like Anatevka from uh, I think it has a lot of Anatevka. But wait, wait, what? There's more. Ooh. Um, there's a newspaper on the bottom of the page that says. Um, Rabbi from Helm visits Kazel Levka, which is a nice nod because someone is reading a book called Shalom Alechem, who actually wrote inside Kazel Rev, uh, sorry, Kazel Levka, oh. who created Tevya the Milkman from Fiddler on the Roof, which is based in Anna Tevka. I know this. Boom. I know this. Only, I only know who wrote 
Tevi the Milkman because um, I, I did not weed it the other day from my library collection, from the adult collection. So there you go. But it all comes together. That's nicely like, tied. I mean, and that's subtle, too. That is requiring, because this book came out in 99, so it was kind of pre, I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't like it was to this point. So he wasn't assuming people were just going to Google his references. Well, there are multiple references Ooh. to Fiddler on the Roof throughout this story. Nice. Which I was like... Okay. I appreciate, as a Fiddler on the Roof lover, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's very cool. So, and also throughout this book, there's cutouts, which similar to uh, Hungry Caterpillar. See, I think that's one of the reasons. It's funny because Hungry Caterpillar never got a Caldecott, possibly because of the cutouts. And then this book gets a book possibly because of the cutouts. They're clever, clever cutouts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our, and he is a dairy man. Yep. How many daughters you got? Hmm? How many? How many? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many daughters? None. He doesn't None. have any. Oh, he has no daughters. Okay. Uh, but he, his jacket now it gets old and worn. So you Frayed. flip the page, and he's made it. Now it, it's into a vest. Not a jaunty vest. Yeah. If he had a natty jacket, now he has a jaunty vest. Uh, so now he's dancing at his nephew's yeah, wedding, and he's got some moves. I gotta say. Well, like, look at that old people who can barely do YMCA. <laughs> he's got his right leg. Basically, the toe is up where his ear would be. He just be. needs a, a glass on his hat. Just, Seriously. Right? Yeah. Don't make me sing that song, because I will do that. <laughs> so now he's got this vest, but it's also getting old and worn. And I just love all the details. He's in his living room on this page, and I love all the details in his living room. Mm-hmm. You've got a poster that says Tevya the Milkman ah, on it. Nice. Um, you've got a quote on the wall which says, When the coat is old, only the holes are new. <laughs> <laughs> there's little phrases like that on his That's walls great. like throughout the the story which is nice i just like his apartment it's it's very cozy but again there's like more nods to shalom alechem throughout the story but his mail always says that he lives in poland so now we know oh, where the story is located nice in case you're nice. wondering yeah so right so he's got this vest it's getting worn and so he makes a scarf out of it Yay. and again the cutout like is perfect perfectly cut out so that it lays on his chest and oh yeah put the page smart. and now it lays it's like a always scarf. on him whatever it is that is made yep. so imagine just the logistics of trying to make a book to make sure that your illustrations line up perfectly with mm-hmm. your die cuts every time i yeah. can't even imagine the logistics that go into this yep and now his scarf is getting old and worn mm. so what does he do he makes it into a necktie <laughs> and he visits his married sister in the city, which on the, the newspaper on the city street says, Fiddler on roof falls off roof. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Don't worry, you flip the page and he's back on the roof. Oh, thank God. But, okay. but in this cityscape, there's a whole bunch of buildings that are like right next to each other. Mm. It reminds me of um like Amsterdam. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, and in these windows are photographs of people. So he cut out photographs of people and put them in the windows. And I'm like, okay, he must know. Like, these must be references to either, yeah. like, maybe kids or family members. Also, or he had to shrink them down. Maybe his either editor. that or the art is huge. <laughs> the original art might be huge. Or he had to shrink these images down, which would know. have taken time and effort. And or both. They're in color, too. I don't right? know. Yeah, it's a lot but of work. It's very... I, I was like, okay, there's definitely some, hmm. like... Okay, he knows someone and wants to give him a little shout out, so he put their face in one of these windows. Which... I mean, I wouldn't mind having my face in a Caldecott winter, I'm not going to lie to you. Right. That'd be awesome. 
So you flip the page and there's the fiddler on the roof. Oh, he's back up. He's totally fine. He's up. He's up. Does he have a cast on his leg? No. Okay. Nope. Nope. So he's good. Okay. So now, uh, right. So the our our milk our dairy man, I should say, he had he had a necktie, but now it's getting old and uh, and worn. And so what does he make his necktie into? I thought, oh, a yarmulke. That's, oh yeah, that would well, that would maybe, have made sense. A colorful yarmulke, but yeah. But I maybe it might have been too old and too yeah, worn. You can only do so much with it. At this so point. he made it into a handkerchief. Okay, that's fair. I thought that was sweet. That's nice. That's good. And again, there's like more references to like there's references to Jewish philosophers and writers and more quotes on his wall and photographs. And, and he's got some amazing rugs. This rug is brilliant. I know, right? It's a combination of an illustration of a woven rug Ooh. and there's photographs of like knit stitches. Oh shoot, dude. So when you put the two together, oh, it's geez. a it's an amazing This is one of my favorites. See, this is why he won the Caldecott. He it's, just put a lot of cool. effort into the whole yeah yeah every single detail from Mm -hmm. combining the photographs and the illustrations to the nods Mm -hmm. um and the references and the quotes and the cutouts it this is a i I, you can tell i'm a fan of this book okay anyway so right so he uh he makes into a handkerchief but now the handkerchief is of course getting old and worn Mm -hmm. uh so what does he do he makes it into a button which all the townspeople are like in his living room <laughs> and are fascinated that he somehow turned a handkerchief into a button. I mean, it's a skill. But he used that button to fasten his suspenders, which maybe all the townsfolk were really appreciative of that. I mean, uh, that's true. We just oh, came out to goodness, make sure you took care of, pants you up know, <laughs> the little problem, as we call it. Yeah. So now uh, he had a little button, but then he lost it. Okay, the little problem is back. In another magnificent rug. I know um, you can't. You wouldn't be able to find anything in that rug. But there's a photograph of um, Sigmund Freud in this illustration, and Sigmund Freud's eyes are bulging <laughs> out of his face. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen, but it's also highly entertaining. I love it. We'll have to put it on Instagram. I will certainly put it on Instagram because it's genius. I see Monty Python man. It, that is very Monty Python. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay, so now he's lost his button, and now he has nothing, which is kind of sad. And mm-hmm. on this page, there's a quote on his wall, because he's, his wall is just full of quotes, apparently. Um, and it says, what one has, one doesn't want, and what one wants, one doesn't have. Oh, that's bleak. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now he's like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to make a book out of it, which shows you <laughs> you can always make something out of nothing. Well, and <laughs> it has been argued that this guy looks suspiciously like Sims Tabak. People have pointed out. They're like, mm, suspiciously. I this mean, looks like the author. Well, I, illustrator. The, 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 this is genius. Oh. I mean, that's the best moral. Oh, I, yeah. It's clever. You yeah. gotta admit, that's clever. Oh, no, it's smart. And it's then smart. you put... Also, like, how do you end that story? I mean, it's a song, but if it doesn't have much of an ending as a song, then, I mean, what does that... The song just... Goes to the button and then it just ends at the button, right? Um, this so right. So on at the back of the book, there's like a little note from Sims Tabak saying, "Thank you uh, for appreciating my story, and I've I get the opportunity to re-illustrate it uh, from its original. So hopefully you like this new illustration." And then the next page, it's the sheet music of "I Had a Little Overcoat," and it ends with. Um, 
All I had was nothing and nothing much to sew. What could I do with nothing? Uh, I just didn't know. So I thought I could do... Hmm, that's weird. I thought... Oh, I thought what I could do and sang myself a song and I sing this song to you. Oh. Yeah. It makes perfect sense then for it, once it's transferred to book form to be like, and then I made this book. Yep. Oh, that's Smart it. man. Smart man. That's so cool. And then the back of the page is a whole bunch of buttons. Buttons! Who doesn't love buttons? It's a photograph of like all these different cool buttons. So I'm taking you, you like this slightly more than the little old lady who swallowed a fly. Oh, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> this book is so cool. There's so many different layers and aspects and references and, oh man, I You like... understand why I was baffled when I looked it up. I was like, oh wait, we did this. And then I realized we didn't. And with horror, like dawning horror, I was why like, Why didn't you oh, show me shoot. this earlier? I don't know. I, shame, I had a shame. choice to do that or the lady swallowed a fly and I, I made the wrong choice. You did. I made the wrong choice. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I don't have much to say about it except it rightfully won a Caldecott Award, which is lovely, and that many other books have done similar stories. Uh, one by Barbara McClintock uh, and Jim Aylesworth comes immediately to mind, but none of them have really captured what this book was able to capture so well. Um, they're, they're, they're fine, um, and they go in slightly different directions. I know that the one that was Aylesworth and McClintock shows him like throughout the, he shows him aging, shows him as a young man coming to America and then establishing a life in America. And this, you know, the coat changes as his life in America changes and as the time passes. So I think by the time his daughter is born, it's the fifties. And so you kind of incorporate the styles of that. It was a cool take, but this is probably has a higher place in my heart. I'd say of the two. Ratings time. Well, obviously I'm a fan. Yep. The only thing I don't really like is the illustrations are not my style. They're not. I was kind of amazed you liked it as much as you did. I, I think I like more the the incorporation of illustrations with photographs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, I mean, I, I like the, the incorporation of the two, the cutouts, the moral, <laughs> the references to Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Um, I gave it 8.5. Oh, wow. That's very good. Um, I uh, I like it very much. I'm just sad that I didn't look up the song for it in the past and when I was still a children's librarian doing story times because I could easily see myself singing this to a large group of children, and I think they could have a lot of fun with it um, if you knew the tune, which I did not. It's not very well known. Uh, I've certainly never heard a story time doing it before, though that is not to say that there aren't story times that don't do it all the time. I'm sure they're out there. Um, yeah, I'm a 7.75. Okay, so it's definitely a classic. Definitely a classic! Yeah! Yay! All right, letters time. We had a lot of responses to our Oxcart Man. Nothing particularly worth reading, except for one. Except for one note. And I did want to uh, read this, because it comes from Lark. Lark, the third sister. No, Lark's our cousin. Oh, Lark's our cousin, cousin. right? Oh, right. Lark's the official cousin. That's right. (laughs) Sure. I get confused. (laughs) And, uh, and she just writes after Oxcart Man, this explains everything. What a lovely family. If you ever need a week off, just call mom and we won't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Which, as I responded, reinforces my fear that having mom on the show would make everyone love mom more than you and me. And then they just want a mom podcast. So, I mean... I'm sure we could make that happen. Oh, we could easily make that happen. Yeah, but, you know, it, it is what it is. 
Oh, it could be mom and her sister doing a podcast. See? Look, dudes. It just makes sense. Mom, do one with Aunt Judy. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. I'd listen to that. You guys could talk about uh, poetry and junk. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you people talk about. It'd be great. <laughs> just call it poetry and junk. I would totally listen to that. <laughs> grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay, so uh, the term grown-up things we like is pretty broad. And I'm going to say this is a grown-up thing, even though it's clearly a children's film, but Disney has gotten to the point where adults feel perfectly free to comment on it without shame or explanation. I saw Encanto in the movie theater. The what? newest, the, what is it? The 60th uh, Disney film, the official one. The what's, one with it, what's it called? Encanto. It, is, it has songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It is about the girl from the, ma- the magical family who everyone in the family is magical except for her. She has glasses. It's awesome. See, you completely missed it. You're you're out of the loop, my friend. I saw it in the theaters, and uh, it's been getting some mixed reviews. Some people were like, man, there's no bad guy. I need a bad guy. Um, I thought it was delightful. John Leguizamo played my favorite character, uh, who is, of course, uh, Bruno. The, I, was, I saw the trailer for it. I was not on board. And then I saw some clever person had released the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. It is the catchiest. Put it on your Spotify. It is the catchiest darn song. It is pure Lin-Manuel Miranda. The whole thing is set in Colombia. Um, it has a, like almost entirely, except for one or two people, like Colombian actors, um, including like a very famous one who I think plays like the boyfriend uh, in one area. Uh, it is it is just a delight. I give it two thumbs up. And canto. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm also doing a Disney thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except mine is, um, I don't think I've mentioned, like, the actual show Drawn to Life as my grown-up thing. Have I? I don't think so. So Drawn to Life is the new no. show that is at Disney Springs in Orlando, which is combining Cirque du Soleil and Disney animation. It's the first time the two companies have come together. Um, and the story of the show, it's, it's about a little girl whose father was an animator, but he passes away and she has to carry on his animation. Um, and the, the Cirque acts are amazing. The story makes sense with the acts, which is difficult to do because I've definitely seen Cirque shows that I couldn't tell you what that story was. (laughs) It's a clown. Yeah. 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 But this, this actually makes sense and it's heartfelt, which you know, pulls at my heartstrings. Um, the they got the original guy who illustrated the genie from Aladdin. Whoa! Yeah, to do illust- to do illustrations that are then projected in the show, nice. which is cool. That is very cool. <laughs> and speaking of the projections, um, they are integral to the show, and I'm not just saying that because I'm married to the guy who did the projections <laughs> for the show. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> That's a little, that's not going to look great, but, but sure. But right. there have been lots of different reviews saying just as much. So it's, and, and it's true the the projections are integral to the show. So go see it. If you have kids, you can bring them. If you don't have kids do like have kids. me, you don't need to bring kids. Mm-hmm. You, it is just as enjoyable for kids as it is for adults. But my recommendation would be to kind of sit further back from the stage because there's so many projections that are happening at the top of the, uh, uh at the top of the stage. Yeah. There's also acts that come down from the ceiling. Spoiler. Right. Uh, so... What? <laughs> no, I won't be surprised. So it, it helps to be able to see it from far away. I saw it from the second row. 
which okay. was amazing, but I had to crane my neck all the way up high to look at the ceiling and go, what is going on up there? But didn't you get to see like a like a famous guy pulled from the audience? Oh yeah, John Stamos. There you go. So that's what the second I got a better seat than John Stamos, and I was totally okay with that. Eat it, Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it's an amazing show. It it's gonna be in Orlando for a long time, so go check it out. Drawn to life at Disney Springs uh, with Cirque du Soleil. Great. Well, good, because I think there was a terrible Comedy Central animated show called Drawn to Life, and for some reason, that's what popped into my head when you said Drawn to Life first, and I'm so glad. So glad it wasn't that, because that show was awful. Yeah, no, this is definitely, uh, it's it's got a new take on that phrase. Maybe. And it has um, Hamburger Helper. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it. I was kind of hoping you said the hamburger for a second there, and I was like, if it has a hamburger, <laughs> it literally has everything I need in life to nope, live. It, nope. It Could has... they add the hamburger because I no, think he belongs. No, it, it's got the the hamburger helper. All right, interest. What the hand? <laughs> like that little guy? All right, interesting. You'll find out. Well, we may as well just rename this uh, Disney things we like at this point. Sure, that's that's all we do. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a that was a good one. I'm still looking for your Mohawk picture book. I will I will find one, but I do think I probably have to do a Christmas one at some point here because we do have a little more time. So oh I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can find. All right. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Is it? It's really fat. Have you seen this goose? I just no. keep feeding it, oh. like chestnuts and stuff. Because how else am I going to eat that delicious <laughs> liver? I think you Yay! should take it to the vet. That's it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> my poor goose. All right. Well, until I take my goose to the vet, then, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our fiddler on the roof is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.